And now as we worship the Lord in word, I would like to invite you to turn to Job chapter 3. I guess it's been about three years ago, I preached a sermon on a topic I had never preached on before, that I am no expert in the area of, but the subject was depression. And I surprisingly heard comments and encouragement after the message of those who needed help in that area, people you would never think. And so we're on this subject again a couple of years later because, well, it's important. It's important to deal with it. It's important that we be encouraged. There's no aim to get anyone down today. You know, we, we gather that we might be lifted up, that we might be encouraged in the Lord when we worship Him. However, it just may be that we don't go where we need to go in the lives of some to reach them, that they might be lifted up. And someone might be saying, well, I'm, I'm kind of in a great place and this message might miss the mark with me. However, I believe there's something in this for all of us. You know, to, to be in despair, it happens to the children of God in all sorts of conditions. And if anyone labels another as being unspiritual because they're in despair, because they've experienced some depression, that, that's not a very good thing to do. I would discourage thinking of someone else as unspiritual. Or even that might be for yourselves this morning. Maybe someone is beating themselves up over the discouragement and the low place they seem to be in sometimes. And, well, I hope there's something that helps here today for you, for every single one of us. You know, we might think about those biblical characters we admire so much in the Bible. And when you read into many of them and study the people God used in His Word, they had low points in their lives. When you study the life of Moses, you will find that he had those points in his life. What probably comes to everyone's mind by way of a Bible character would be David. He surely had those points in his life. Many of the great examples that inspire us, they've been there. And, and we read about them and we learn of this. And maybe we hear a message every now and then on it. But what's the thought that we go away having? That shouldn't happen to a Christian. A Christian shouldn't get to that low place. Maybe we've thought to ourselves about ourselves. Was it, what is it that I've done wrong? What is it that I've done to cause me to be here? 
What is it that I haven't done that's creating an emptiness and making me feel like things aren't right and I'm just so low? And, and look, that could be the source of it. That could be the case. And if it is, you'll be the first one to know from God. He's a good father and he will impress that very, that very thing on your heart if that's the case. But that may, may not be the case at all. It may be many different reasons. It could be several reasons why we can get really low at different times. And it really doesn't help when other Christians question it. Think that it shouldn't be or not understand it. That's why I say this message is for everyone, even if you don't struggle in these areas very often. Because it helps to understand it in the life of another. And and as we share about this today, I'm not saying that I'm about to sound out all the answers. Or that I know all of the answers here. This subject is deeper than anything you and I can decipher out of it and and be able to, to master it. We're not going to. But the plan is that... We might be able to share a few things this morning that will help in the valley moments, that will help in the time of sorrow, sadness, or just that low state that we can get into. You know, what we're going through consumes us sometimes. As in the subject, the very thing we're experiencing what we're in and what we're dealing with, it just overwhelms us sometimes. And that's what many focus on. But more probably focus on the why. Why am I having to go through this? And of course we could add in there how long. How long? Am I going to have to go through this? David says in the Psalms, How long, O Lord? And he's not the only one who has said that and questioned that. We've done that as well. As we get into this today, uh, I mean, get what you can and in the, the, the style of this message, the way this message is, because I don't know that I'll preach many messages in this way. But I'm clearly convicted it's for an absolute reason in someone's life, maybe all of our lives today. It's very hard to believe that there's not someone struggling with this subject in their lives in in great need of help. There are many who struggle with the thought of failure or, or some guilt in their life. Or things they're not guilty about at all. Just just the results of this world and something falling upon them. Trying to discourage and make one low. Many are, there are so many who are fighting discouragement and sadness. I would almost want to say that there's, there's a thrust of that in the day and time that we're in. And we could dive off into many reasons. We're not going to do so much of that. But just to consider the seriousness of despair 
in our lives. Let's go ahead and call it what it is. It's a sickness. I saw a marquee sign one time and it really made me laugh. It said, whoever stole my antidepressants, I hope you're happy now. Man, that's one of those. It's just funny over and over and over again. But when you get down to it, it's not a laughing matter. Many are medicating over the gloom that they're experiencing from life because life is happening. There's difficulty. We are an undone people on this earth right now. We're undone now, and those biblical examples that we look to, they were undone as well. And they had their struggles with despair the same way that you and I have our struggles with despair. Someone made a, made a little project, a little study of their own to go through the Bible and to gather as much as they could from the characters of the Bible to point out clear events of despair in their lives. And the count got up around 200 Bible characters. They experienced fear. They experienced despair. You would would call it depression. And, And so all of this overlaps into the subject today of the low condition that we can fall into. And we need to see that it's a sickness. We might also consider as we look into Job how how it shows. It will show in Job chapter 3 we have a response. Well, the response you can find responses to this throughout the entire book of Job. Thank God for this book. It, this subject it it really really Enlightens us and helps us with this subject. But chapter 3 gives us the responses from chapters 1 and 2. And I know we all know how this begins with Job losing his children, his wealth, his health, other things. He didn't curse God for it. He didn't sin against God. He didn't charge Him foolishly. But when you read what Job has to say, when you look at this book, you find that Job was in deep despair. I don't think any of us blame him for the despair that he was in. We learn learn Job's thoughts throughout this book. We learn what goes through his heart and what goes through his mind as he deals with this, we could describe his experience as traumatic and it would not be exaggerating if we did so. And his his inner condition shows. First of all, he opened his mouth and he revealed it and he said something. When I talk about the dangerous seriousness of this subject, don't keep that bottled inside. Go to a brother and sister in Christ. Go to a pastor. But there needs to be a revealing, a releasing from you, and a help that might happen with this. 
He, in verses 1 through 3 of chapter 3, we see basically he's saying, why do I even have to exist in this condition he's in? He says, after, I, after this, opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. And Job spake and said, let the day perish wherein I was born. And the night in which it was said, there is a man child conceived. He's thinking... He, He's thinking that he wished he were never created by God in his despair. This is a thought that crossed his mind. Or, or why did I even make it to birth? Or during birth or after birth? Look in verse 11 here of chapter 3. He says, why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? And why did the knees prevent me? There's, there's four whys there. I'll stop at three whys on that. There, there's the why question. Why did I even make it to birth? Why am I even living this long? Why did I have to live this long to go through this? Look at chapter 3 and verses 20 and 21. It says, Wherefore is light given to him that is in misery and life Unto the bitter in soul, which long for death, but it cometh not, and dig for it more for hid treasures. Why did he have to experience the death of his children? Why did he have to live and see that? Why did he have to go through the rest of this suffering? You know, you can get to a place where, where you might say, there's just no purpose for me anymore. This, this is just digging down deep, real, where, where people can go sometimes. As in, there's no reason for me to be here. Don't, don't exaggerate that. Don't run off somewhere with that. But just simply acknowledge the reality of these thoughts that happened in a low place. I mean, do you think Job's in despair? There's some despair going on. It's not shocking that he asks why. Again, in verse 11, why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Why did the knees prevent me? These aren't the only whys in the Bible. The why questions people have. I mean... God the Son said to God the Father, Why hast thou forsaken me? I remember about 20 years ago, maybe it was just in the circle I was in, but many people were talking about, is it okay to ask God why? Some would say, oh no, you never question God. You never ask Him why. I wasn't on that side of it. He's my Father. I can ask Him why. There's nothing wrong with asking God why. What's wrong is if we have an attitude of heart to think that He doesn't have the perfect answer. He does. Just because we ask why doesn't mean we're irreverent to God and how perfect He is and that He has the perfect answer. It's going to be a response. We're going to ask why. It's, it's wrong if we don't think, if we think He doesn't have the perfect answer. It's it's wrong if we want the answer when we want it from God. Ever, ever demanded something from the Lord? 
It's, that's, that's where it's wrong. But it's not wrong to ask Him why. Man, this book gives us a lot of help on this subject. It's medicine for the sorrow. We, we learn from this book. And we learn that when we get low and we've suffered, we're suffering with others. Others have been through what we've been through. Others have been through more than what we've been through. We're not alone in this. That's what this book says to me when I read it. We're not the only ones who ask why. We're not the only ones whose minds can go here. There are many who don't know why they're going through what they're going through in life. You know, we, we don't know why. Many, sometimes we do know why. If it's self-inflicted, unless we're in denial, we're going to know why ourselves. We might know why later if it's something else. Man, we'll get down the road in our lives and God will use us for something and He will make it connect in our heart and minds that that's why you went through this. For this moment, right now, in this situation, you are useful to me here. I'm, I use this for you now. Despair. It's not to be a consuming subject in our lives. Yet, it wouldn't hurt if, if everyone... Some, there, are, there are a handful here maybe, maybe more, who just don't struggle with that. You don't struggle with depression. Praise the Lord for that. But it would be a good study for everyone. Whether we're in despair, whether we're not. It's a good self-study even if you haven't been through it, for the sake of being sensitive to someone else. For the sake of trying to be a help to someone else. To learn that it's not unspiritual. To not be like Job's friends were with him. Job's friends made the situation worse. And we can make the situation worse with others if we're not sensitive to it. We can cause the same thing. If we're on the mountaintop, we can cause the same thing with someone in the valley when they are down. So whether we're up, whether we're down, whether we're high, whether we're low, we should all study this state that probably all of us have been in or shall fall into or could. Maybe it would help to consider some situations that cause this. That we might make a connection, a common bond, a relation to it in some way. Just to consider some situations that bring about despair. Here as we're talking about Job, we've talked about a few of the circumstances that he went through. Man, Job, Job could have been altered and affected and changed for the worst for the rest of his life depending on how he dealt with that. It doesn't have to be that way. But there could have been a, an event of two minutes in your life, or two hours, or, or two years of something continually going on that could, that could rob you 
of who you were, who you are. In Job's situation, well, just to simply paraphrase it, God and Satan had a, had a conversation. As if God were to say, what's going on, Satan? And Satan said, well, I'm going to and fro throughout this world, tearing up your people. Have you considered my servant Job? Well, you've blessed him. You've taken care of him. You Look what you've given him. Take it all away and he'll curse you to your face. He's only serving you just because of, out of selfish reasons for what you've given him. Go ahead, have your way with him. You can't kill him, but have your way with him. How about that? God, God gave permission there, all right? And these things came upon Job. And he didn't sin. And he didn't charge God foolishly. Someone, said, a wise old preacher said, I'm afraid God may still be looking for some Job's today. Someone who will stand for the Lord no matter what, no matter what chapter of their lives they're in. We see Job's situation that can bring on despair. I, I'm not trying to go outside of, outside of the arena God's given me. I'm no doctor. But I believe we've all experienced some physical pain, maybe. Medical condition. Don't slight that. These things will try to break us. The physical will, will try to affect and break the mental, the, the spiritual, the emotional. I, I'm going to go ahead and bring up Norma by name. Norma Brashear, she has double vision right now because of an issue with her eyes with the doctor. Something going on and we believe, we pray, we trust it will immediately be resolved. But what if it went on for a couple of months? How miserable would that be? And I take that situation, I could mention 20, 30 other church members and things they go through that affect their lives. These are things that try to discourage us to say the least. How about that in enemy we mentioned, Satan? How about what he's trying to do in this world? Oh, we learn, we learn these things from this book. There are some things that the Lord obviously allows. Why does He allow things? To give us strength in our challenges. We're tried in the fire that we might come out better on the other side. God's making us worth something. When He takes us through the challenges of life. He does not tempt us, but He does test us. And it's for good. It's for a good reason. So there's some situations that could go on and on, but let's just, let's just jump ahead and, and let's see ahead. Let's see ahead concerning the despair that we go through. It's just going to happen in life. Sometimes from the mountaintop to the valley, sometimes from the valley to the mountaintop. I have a preacher friend, and years ago he's pastoring a, a small church, and they probably hadn't had a profession of faith in Jesus Christ in about two years. And then along comes a week 
that three people were saved. And he baptized three people that week. And then he called me soon after that. And he was in the lowest place he could possibly be. Sometimes after a mountaintop experience, get ready. Because there's going to be a valley. There are valley experiences we have. We'll have some mountaintop experiences. We're going to find ourselves real useful when we're halfway up the mountain. And when we've been in both areas. But we're not meant to have mountaintop experiences all the time. Some people believe that's the answer for their despair. And the problem is that's not a reality. That's not the way life works on this earth. I'm sorry if this isn't real encouraging, but it's real. It's just real where life is. And we have uh, various experiences. I mean, have you ever stopped to think what we would be like? If we were all on the mountaintop all the time, we wouldn't be able to stand each other. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to help. Any, there would be no one to help. We, we wouldn't be able to feel for another. We wouldn't feel another's hurt. Rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. I don't know why I haven't prepared that sermon after the thought from three or four years ago. Maybe it's coming soon. We would be useless to assist someone if we're always on the mountaintop. Let us see that we are meant to have the continual various experiences in life. God teaches us how to deal with going from the mountaintop to the valley from the valley to the mountaintop. You know something that's very, there's a lot of things very encouraging about the church, everyone in it, but just hitting on something very special. And that is, that would be Christians who have been saved a long time, and you see them on fire. They've been a Christian for a long time. They've been through it. Maybe, maybe we would even know about it. They've had the lowest of low experiences and they couldn't picture themselves thriving as a Christian again. They've been there where maybe we've been. But knowing that and then seeing them on fire and serving the Lord. That is very encouraging because what the Lord took them from and took them to, He will do the same thing with you and I. Believe that. Whatever low suffering season, they came out of it. And we can too. Let us, let us see ahead. Let us see ahead at what the Lord's going to do. In all reality, well balanced. But also, let us see way ahead. I'm going to go ahead in Job to chapter 19 and verse 25. Remember his experience that he had 18 chapters ago. And then he says, 1925, 
I hear pages turn. I'm glad you're going to read it with me. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that He shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Let us see way ahead. There's going to be times of despair. There's going to be various things we go through in life. Let us see ahead and see that that's going to happen. But let us see way ahead. The condition that we're going to fall into in this life from time to time, it's going to be all over forever one day. There is a day coming when it will be no more. And, and Christians, you know this outcome. You know the outcome that there is for us. Children of God, let us see this last chapter. That's never ending. No matter what chapter you're in right now on this life, there's a final chapter and there is no end to it. Let us see way ahead. You know, a doctor will give you another prescription for this stuff. Look, and it, it helps to talk to one another. It helps to share. But when we see way ahead, we're not always going to be in the chapter we're in right now. There is hope when we feel hopeless. There is always hope and nothing can take that away. You know, Jesus breathes life. Paul said, Paul says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Peter calls Him the Prince of Life. Man, it's a, it's a life-giving book. You know, to, to shed the reality on what's going to happen on this earth, but oh, looking way ahead to what's coming for the child of God. Praise the Lord for eternal life. And as I say that, and as we close, and as the Christian hopefully is encouraged and taken from where they are, from where you are, if you're in a place of discouragement and you're low, may you be lifted up today. May it be known that the Christian can get there. But there is, there is help from the Lord who is always with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And isn't that a wonderful invitation to someone who has never been saved? I don't want to try to take you all into the blessings of the Christian life yet. But for you to see that the precious Lord Jesus Christ died in your place on the cross. He suffered and took your sins upon Himself. And the Bible says if you will trust in Him by faith, it's, that's a product of heaven and it comes from the Word of God. We've been sharing the Word of God and it takes faith to be saved. Not a, not a knowledge. Not, not just a head knowledge of these things as we talked about Wednesday night. But faith that, that you know your sins are forgiven. He saves you. I get a little concerned when I hear 
Somebody talk about everything they did to get saved. They're not incorrect when they say that if they, they realize what has happened. Jesus has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Anybody can be saved. But He's the one who does the saving. Has He saved you? If you're putting anything upon yourself, you're, you're missing the mark somewhere. Because He's done everything. Trust Him to save you from your sins. And I will go ahead and say this in a message like we've had this morning. The blessings that you will have, as you already know, discouraging times. You know discouraging times and there's no reserve. There's nowhere to fall. There's nowhere to go. But you go to Jesus with it. Let us bow. Father, Lord of glory, we humble ourselves in your house today. And Lord, we trust that you have spoken to hearts today and you've helped hearts. You've, you've given healing to hearts. Lord, you've maybe even just a statement. One thing that has turned the light on somewhere in someone's heart. Father, I thank you for your people and I pray for your people today. In their times of discouragement and struggle, we know that you are with us and you will lift up your people. And Father, if there be one here today who would claim to be religious, maybe even have some kind of religious experience, but there is absolutely a hollowness in their heart and there's an emptiness that pushing positive thoughts cannot fill but Lord Jesus we know that, that you want to fill that place today and save someone from their sins and become their personal Lord and Savior we pray that for the soul nearest hell today in Jesus name Amen if